Hey everyone, welcome to episode 6 of season 2 of High Action. Today we're talking about something that I'm really excited about, which is the electric guitar. And um, we're not all holding arch tops today. I myself have a Stratocaster, John has a Telecaster, and Perry has a Gibson Victory. A somewhat odd, abandoned, lost child of a guitar that we're very excited to hear today. Uh, before we get into that, we want to shout out to Henriksen Amplifiers, who um, have been a big sponsor of New West, and uh, we really couldn't do our tours or our live shows without the Henriksen Amplifiers. And we want to remind you to check us out on Patreon so that you can see the video of all this stuff that we're recording and um, ask us questions and engage with us and just see see what's going on. We've got some videos we're really excited to share and we're almost, we literally need one more subscriber before we start sharing them. So hint, hint. Um, okay, so moving on to today's episode. How's it going, John and Perry? Yeah, it's going good. I got my solid body, electric in hand. Excited mm-hmm. to uh, throw down on this episode. It's a bit of a departure for us as New West Guitar Group, right? We've been talking so much about acoustic guitar, about the boxes. Uh, so this is cool. Yeah, man. Feels great to get to hang another episode. Things are coming along great on this beautiful November day. Right? Yeah. So when I started playing guitar, I started, my first guitar was an electric guitar. Mm-hmm. It was a Squire Starcaster, like a sparkly silver one. And it had like a teeny tiny neck with little frets and um so that was my first point of entry on guitar was actually on electric i mean i kind of really quickly started acoustic afterwards but that was my first point john when you started did you start on an acoustic or an electric well i started playing classical guitar when i was really little Mm -hmm. but um when i was in middle school and our school had i can't believe it they actually had like a black with a rosewood um, fingerboard, mm. Fender Stratocaster. And if my memory serves me correctly, it was an American Strat. And it was one that the school had bought. They spent money on this thing. And I had that guitar, and I took it home for a whole summer. And, man, I had so much fun with that thing. But I also I had no idea what the pickups did. I had, you know, I mm-hmm. didn't have it's an amp, animal. so I didn't know what to do. So, I, man, that was my first start. Was So the, the Fender... Stratocaster, Stratocaster shape was my first gu- electric guitar. Yeah. Perry, was your first an acoustic or an electric? Uh, my first was an electric. Uh-huh. The, uh, the PV Predator. Do you remember this guitar? <laughs> I could tell you, I could play Proud Mary pretty good on it. The PV Predator. Very nice. Yeah. There's something about... Sounds so good. It's the sustain, man. The sustain is just, just E minor pentatonic just kind of feels so right <laughs> on the electric guitar. And we've kind of discussed that on on last season's episode, like guitar language versus jazz language and how they intersect and how sometimes they don't intersect. And electric guitar is just so inviting to play all your guitaristic stuff. And right. arguably sometimes it it's just kind of exactly what needs to be played. Of course, yeah. Yeah. Um, some early players that were really instrumental for me 
when I was coming up with the electric guitar were guys like Stevie Ray Vaughan, mm -hmm. Gary Moore, Albert King, who mm -hmm. played an upside down flying V, <laughs> which was just like so wild to see. I mean, this big guy with a flying V, and when he would bend, he would bend down, you know, and like yeah. born under a bad sign, all that stuff. Um, obviously, other players like Eddie Van Halen, Robin Ford and uh, Eric Johnson were really big for me. Still are. I think you're. I think you're leaving one out, like one just really important one. Maybe Mr. Jimi Hendrix. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I thought I said that already. Uh, Perry, what about you? Who are some electric? Like when you think of electric guitar, who were big influences for you? Hendrix, Hendrix, and Stevie Ray Vaughan. Man, that that mm -hmm. to me was like pretty uh, inspirational. Like an. Uh, Still to this day, an unlimited amount of inspiration. Also, I want to throw Eric Clapton in there. Sure. Little slow hand. Yeah. Just, just the tone and the vibe, uh, I think, is really happening. Carlos Santana, I put that in there, too, just in terms of tone. Mm -hmm. But, God, I mean, there's a huge list. And yep. um, I don't know. John, I'll pass it to you. Any, anybody that we've left off? Well, you know, I kind of, I guess, a little bit different. Like, I didn't really discover a lot of, like, electric players that like you guys are talking about, honestly, until I was in college, until I was in the studio guitar program at USC, because before then I was so focused on jazz playing. And mm -hmm. so my, you know, I had a Strat in middle school, and then I got an Epiphone Casino, which to me was kind of like the world into Grant Green, because yeah. that was a similar guitar to what he played the 330. So I was trying to get a clean, very clean electric guitar tone. And then, um, but yeah, I definitely like guys like Albert King, Freddie King, B.B. Um, King, mm -hmm. uh, you know, some of the blues guys that we listened to. And then Stevie getting into those records when I was at SC, when we were in like the, um, the guitar performance, uh, MPG 558, whatever that was. Um, that really kind of got me into that world a little bit, and it was really fun to kind of start diving into that and actually getting the sound out of a Strat again that, you know, it seems like was more fitting for that style of music. It's kind of fun to explore that a little bit. I thought I would read some fun facts about how electric guitar really came to be, and it was actually Charlie Christian in around 1936 who put a pickup on his on his acoustic guitar so that he could play solos in the band. Right. And <clears throat> within 20 years or less, basically they started thinking about taking out the acoustic quality of the instrument and just making it more of a pickup-based instrument. And uh, Les Paul certainly had mm -hmm. something to do with, with Gibson, with his Les Paul model that was actually originally named the Gibson Gold Top because it was a gold top. But technically, the Fender Broadcaster, which is like a one pickup version of a Telecaster, was the first like manufactured solid body electric guitar. And um, and then the Stratocaster in 1952 and the Gibson Les Paul in 1952. So electric guitar is really new, all things considered. Right. Which is just kind of fascinating. And what do you guys think the best context for electric guitar playing is musically? That's Start a, with you, Perry. Yeah, that's a big question. I mean, yeah. I, I don't know if I could boil it down to one genre. I think for me, just like just blues and rock, to me, that's just like mm -hmm. where the electric guitar can shine in a pretty amazing way. I mean, obviously, the electric mm -hmm. guitar can be in any kind of genre of music and, and have an amazing 
way of being featured. But there's something about rock and blues, like, you know, where would we be with rock and roll without, like, you know, these kinds of... Not going to come up with that riff on piano, you know what I mean? Yeah, it's and a guitaristic like, lick. There's just something about the... Like that's just some the essence of the blues. So much is on the guitar, the vibrato, the feel. That all comes from electric guitars. So I guess I say blues and rock because I mm -hmm. feel like the guitars really defined those styles in mm -hmm. a pretty unique way. I think the big one for me is is a volume thing. Well, I yeah. think electric guitar shines best at loud volumes in right. big venues. You right. know. Um, Personally, playing a Stratocaster at a quiet volume never really feels right. It's kind of like that magic rule that if you can hear the strings over your amp on an electric, there's some, it feels like there's something missing. John, um, what do you think about that? Yeah, well, man, I just wish I could go back in time to the 30s and see the advent of radio around the United States and like how people were fascinated that the speaker could do something. And then that, of course, pushed us into the 40s with, with electric guitar. World War II kind of stopped it. And then the 50s was when it really took off with you know, kind of paralleling like the space race almost, you know, and mm -hmm. I wish I could have been around for that. And I know your question was like, you know, what style do you think really lends itself well to guitar? Well, man, like seeing bands play in big dance halls and then all of a sudden a guy like Charlie Christian's in there and he's playing at the level that a horn player is um, on the same level of hearing a guy like Frank Sinatra with a PA system for the first time, like a, a microphone and speakers, I just think it would be so cool to have, have seen that. And it's uh, probably similar to like seeing the iPhone and everything get invented. So a lot of the music that was made in the 40s and 50s, of course, to me, was centered on the idea that we have these cool instruments that can be played louder and mm -hmm. that they can, you know, the, the technology was getting so good with this stuff and amplifiers were getting way more powerful than mm -hmm. they were in the 1930s. So, yeah, man, all that music from that era to me is just like, when I think of electric guitar, I actually think about that more than I think about the 80s in a lot of ways. Right, you know? right. I love playing a Strat because I think it has a real vocal quality to it. There's a lot of flexibility, whether it's the thinner strings or whether it's the way single coils cut in a mix or the being able to literally kind of just bend, bend things more. There's just more of that vocal element in a Strat to me that kind of calls my name in the night. Um, Perry, are you more of a single coil guy or a uh, humbucker guy when it comes to electric playing? Or, or does it matter? I don't think I'm in either camp. And mm -hmm. what I like about the Victory is that I can go, I have a selector here, so I can go between um, uh, humbucker and single coil. So like mm -hmm. for certain um, rhythm parts, I like to be more on single coil. Like for example, um, 
if I'm doing something like, like like a even like sort of a funky type part, like a little mm -hmm. like. I like that to be single coil as opposed to switching it up to the humbucker. I just feel like there's too much meat in the tone that way. So when I do it as a single coil, I feel like it cuts better to your point that mm -hmm. single coils cut. Um, but back to your question about volume and and how you balance that on the with the amp, I actually try to put that back to you, Will, because I think you have a lot more experience um, mm -hmm. on solid body. Like, how do you try to get a good tone out of your solid body, man? Because I spent yeah. a lot of time getting the tone out of my box, and I feel like I have a general idea about tone that I like with my solid body. But like, what are some of the things that you've Great question. Picked up on over the years. For me, picking up a single coil guitar, like what a year and a half ago, a year and a half ago, was just so drastically different than playing on humbuckers. I would say humbuckers usually sound pretty good plugged in in most situations. They kind of have that natural compression. They're pretty balanced. They're pretty full sounding. And I remember some of the first gigs when I, when I braved bringing out the Stratocaster, I was like, whoa, this, what am I doing wrong? What am I, what is happening? This sounds awful. Right. And um, I think it's just the, the single coils, you just have to EQ them differently and just find different ways to tweak the sound to fill in. Like, you know, these single coils are missing a lot of mids and mids are kind of Right. the best part of guitar. So you got to put those mids back in somehow, whether it's with pedals or EQ or amp settings. And um, when I'm playing at loud volumes, I, I wanted to be able to start bringing out a voice rather than getting by at loud volumes. And something that I'm sure we all do, if it's really loud and you feel a little underprepared, you might just start overplaying. It's kind of like, your body's initial reaction to just start playing a bunch of notes to just keep up with the sound, but trying to find ways to just increase the sustain and find the right frequency where your notes could just sing through the mix. And man, that's really hard on my 175 to do. Not, oh not impossible, yeah. I mean, but the, it's a lot harder. The box, the sound dies out, you know, like this. So the sustain yeah. on these solid body guitars is so, so wonderful. But to your point about EQing the single coil, like I find that when I'm, playing like a melody on mm -hmm. this guitar, I generally want to have my humbuckers on. Like if I'm taking a solo or something and it's like. Versus uh, with the single coil. It's not mm -hmm. as fat. So how do you EQ a single coil to get that like mid back that you're missing from the humbucker? Well, it's an object that's very near and dear to my heart. It's an <laughs> Ibanez tube screamer. Uh -huh. It's all about the tube I could screamer? Get, I could get way more in depth than that, but let's just say Ibanez tube screamer is kind of like, it should be sold with a Fender Stratocaster. That's what I'm using I'm right concerned. now. You know, I'm using my little mini right now. Yes. Um, I've, I've got, I'm using a, a tube screamer type pedal. John, I'm sure you've got something like a tube screamer nearby. Yep, I sure do. And, you know, with the telly, you know, especially in the middle.
John, how do you think Tellys compare with Stratocasters sound-wise? Oh, they're totally different. You know, to me, they might as well have been made by two different companies, you know, because you get this kind of more clear sound. I mean, I roll the tone knob off a lot on this, so here I am at the top, you know. And I don't even think of this as a bright sound. Is a clear sound, you know. The Tele has a really warm, clean tone, more so than the Strat, you know, and that's what's yes. pretty, pretty unique about it. I think that's why guys like it in jazz too, is you can get like a warmer electric tone, generally. Yeah, and I, I think a lot of it also has to do with the where the pickup is yeah. on the actual axis of the scale of the of the string length. You know, with the Stratocaster, you get a bit of a longer scale, and you get those pickups back a little bit, so mm -hmm. maybe you get a, a brighter sound. But man, I, I love the Tele. For me, it's, it's also physically a very balanced instrument, and yeah. when it comes to solid bodies, I don't know what you think about this, Will, too. I'm curious to get both of you guys' thoughts. You know, there's a there's like the feel of the instrument and then there's the actual sound of the instrument. And like the sound of a Les Paul to me is great, but I've never really felt comfortable mm. with that guitar, how it feels when I'm playing it. It always feels a little out of Blocky. balance. And to me, like a Telecaster, I love the feel of it. And then the sound, you kind of have to bend it to get a darker sound or bend it to get a brighter sound. So I'm not sure, Will, if you have ideas for the listeners out there who are checking out these guitars and deciding on the ones to go for. What you, what you uh, think? I mean... Yes, absolutely. And I remember there were two factors that made me think, gosh, you know, I don't have any single coil guitars. I haven't really been interested in them, but I think I'd like to get a Strat. One was I was on an extremely long gig with my Les Paul, and I was like, my back is really killing me right now because I have a pretty heavy Les Paul. Um, the second was my Les Paul headstock broke in India, <laughs> which Gibson headstocks, unfortunately, Perry, as you know, are kind of legendary yeah. for breaking sometimes. And I was like, I'm just going to go on the Fender website and buy totally standard, non-fancy Stratocaster. Right. And it was completely solid. I mean, they're very consistent guitars. They're very light. And again, this is the one setting I can't recreate right now, but this guitar at really loud volumes is where it's at for me just to just to play you know i did most of my stuff today on the neck pickup which is very popular but if you go into like the second and fourth positions which really thin out while they might sound kind of odd on their own when you're playing in your room if you're in a dense band mix or if you're trying to cut through something those those in between settings, the second and fourth position, kind of become your best friend. And I find like the middle position, the the middle single coil, is kind of like a nice thinner version of the neck pickup. Um, and then the bridge pickup can sound super abrasive if you just plug your guitar straight into a deluxe reverb. It's kind of like why would I ever use that sound? And I think on the old Strats, the bridge pickup didn't even have a tone knob. It was literally meant to be the lead guitar uh, pickup where you're playing in a mix and you just needed like a pickup to just cut. I mean, that, that does, that sounds quite abrasive in this setting. But again, when you factor in the boominess of playing live, mm -hmm. depending on the venue, a Strat quickly, it really becomes just unsubstitutable to me. <laughs> <laughs> Words are hard. <laughs> How what about do you music, think? though? Some of you, want, you want to play a little something for us on that strat? 
I will. I will play a little something. I think I'm going to play... I'm just going to play some chords. Do it. I th- right? single coils will be all right (laughs) that's exactly that's what bob dylan really wrote that song for yeah i that's such a great you know that's kind of a new west way of playing that cascading guitar line and in my opinion it sounds great on single coils too you know yeah john you got the baritone there you want to throw down something on it sure a little tremolo on this puppy hey now it's a big, it's fat booming. E, e chord? No, no, no. It's a B chord. Yes. so much fun. I mean, this instrument, all the surf rock guitar players and stuff that used yeah. to play them, and they, there's been a big baritone resurgence. I mean, I'd say the last 20 years, a lot of guys use them in metal and other, other genres, too. And in jazz, we're starting to see people use them in jazz guitar, too. It's basically a guitar tuned down a fourth, right? Yeah, there's two kinds. There's the Fender 6, which is a six-string bass guitar, and it's tuned an octave lower. And that's the one that Wes Montgomery kind of infamously used on Moving Moving West, the one where right. he plays Body and Soul. Or, yeah. And then, um, yeah, and then you've got what's like this one. This is a copy of a Most Right, um, the Dan Electro. Um, Carol Kay, who used it to record Wichita Lineman, that famous baritone solo, which it wasn't actually Glenn Campbell, apparently it was her, she referred to it as a Dano bass. Hmm. So a lot of guys in the 60s and 70s referred to them as Dano basses, and they were tuned in a B to B tuning. And um, yeah, I mean, again, it was the idea that the electric guitar occupied more of the sound of the track. So you'll go back and listen to the 60s and you listen to the Beach Boys and all of those guys and you just hear how the guitar and it is just so shimmery across the track. The baritone guitar kind of sat down there and added like an additional bass line sometimes. So yeah, it's a fun, fun guitar. For those out there who haven't checked them out, I recommend you go check out a, a baritone. Fender just started making one again too, which is really cool with a Telecaster body. Right so. on. Huh. Might have to get one of those for Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Perry. Perry, what do you got? Um, I'm gonna play some Hendrix. <clears throat> wow, this I is the high Hendrix. action podcast, right? Mm-hmm.
feel like I'm back in high school with you just jamming oh, in the man. room. It's still so much fun, though. I mean, that's what's so great yes, about the is. guitar, right? This is the thing that we loved doing since we were kids. It's kind of crazy, right? We exactly. Still get to do it. And I'm glad you brought up Hendrix. I recently uh, rewatched or finally watched all the way through his, his Woodstock concert. And you think about playing electric guitar at that volume back then, where you're basically. I think he was plugged into Fenders on that, but he, he used a lot of Marshalls later. But I mean, he basically had something like a fuzz face oh, man. and a wah pedal. But, I mean, it's oh, like man. now we're so spoiled with being able to tweak even even this whole mids rant I was on earlier. Yeah, yeah. Like Hendrix made it work. I mean, and, and he created that sound. It, he innovated I forgot. Sound. I should have brought up my crybaby wah for this episode. Well, we do have a yeah. pedal episode coming up, so that will be yes. super fun to get into yeah. on everything. But yeah, I mean, it's just one of the things I like about the electric, and it's also the same with the acoustic, uh, is that you can really dig into the instrument. You know, you can really like, yep. you can hit it. You know what I mean? Like you can get your like your your right hand moving on it. I never really want to do that on my box. You know, I don't want to like slam into it too much you know what i'm saying but on the electric Absolutely. you can really you can you can take some some anger out on it like you're a drummer or something you know some of the best blues um solos i've heard from stevie ray vaughn those guys are they're just laying <laughs> so hard into the guitar. guitar and you see hendrix it was like physical you know the yeah. way he performed and everything and uh yeah so but it connected with so many people uh, there's a really cool new video that was released of Hendrix um, playing in Hawaii. That if you guys haven't checked that out on YouTube, mm. I, it's like good quality video and everything, and it's a great chance to hear him play. Uh, very jazzy for a, like a Strat player back in the '60s. You know what I mean? Like there was a mm -hmm. lot that of jazz. That was basically a jazz trio, really. Yes, I mean man. the way Ginger Baker was playing, and I mean that that was just. Yep. It's so funny. People continuously try to recreate that vibe, but you kind of can't. It was just the Jimi Hendrix experience. Yeah, man. Just go go on YouTube, anyone who's listening, and just watch an entire Jimi Hendrix concert because no one was doing things like that at that time with, with electric as a guitar trio. Yeah. That's what it is. It's a guitar trio. It's pretty amazing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and that, that sound is so incredible. I mean, to think that we have the amplifier technology and the guitar technology kind of together mm -hmm. doing its thing. And now, like you, we've all said today, like we're so spoiled. We have so many different kinds mm -hmm. of pieces of gear that we could tweak so much stuff. Back then, they didn't have a lot. They had just a couple things. And what you can do with a Fender Bandmaster mm -hmm. and a Stratocaster and turning that thing up, the amount of sound you could get out of that is so cool. I mean, I kind of some days wish I could have a space that I could crank at levels like that just for fun, yeah. just to play like that. Because oh, yeah. it's really... It's more for fun for me. I mean, I don't yeah, certainly man. don't have a need for that when I go play exactly my, I mean, my nine to five gigs. Not yet. Know, <laughs> not yet. Not yet. Right. That's right. Part, yet. Maybe part that of, will evolve. Part <laughs> of that. It, oh, go on, John. Oh, I was sorry to interrupt. Uh, I was just going to say, Perry, wasn't it the Berlin trip that I played that L five through the Marshall stack on that one gig because yes. it was the only amp that they had. Yeah. Now, Mo that, gr great moments in New West history. Now, me playing the L5 through a Marshall. Talking yeah. about electric guitar, uh, we have to talk about amps too, right? Oh, yeah. Because yeah, the absolutely. sound is not necessarily f from the acoustic 
quality of the guitar. Like it could be on an acoustic or a box or something. The amp changes but, everything. Man, I've used this little PV Classic 30 for like close to 20 years or, or more now. And it's like, mm-hmm. it's served me great. And I, I'm mm-hmm. pretty much in the camp about solid body electric guitars. Get yourself a tube amp. You know, don't play yes. it through a solid state. I don't know a reason why I would want to play. Well, I guess, I don't know. Marshalls are solid state, right? If you're doing like heavy metal. No, Marshalls are tube amps. Marshalls are tube <clears throat> as well. Okay. Classic Marshalls are, yes. Okay. So why would you use a solid state amp for electric guitar, for like a solid body guitar? What context? This is a great question. So Perry, you're using a tube amp today. Yeah. John and I um, are actually ampless. We're using an amp modeler, which is super popular now. We're just plugged right into our computer. We're using the Strymon Iridium. John, I don't know about you, but I'm using like the Fender Twin Reverb emulator. Uh, Yes. Okay. Yeah. So Fender amplifiers, tube amps, Marshall amplifiers. Vox are very popular, although I haven't really messed with them. They're very bright. Think of like Brian May's sound. Very bright Are and Vox's chimey. Are Vox's tubes, though? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, AC30. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Classic. Um, <clears throat> there's a... I'd love to get my... I'd love to just play through a Dumble amplifier one day. <laughs> I'll never own one, but I'd love to play through one. You don't got a cool 100 grand um, sitting around? <laughs> try 500 grand. Really? Come um, on. They, it's pretty ridiculous how expensive those get. But I don't know. John, am I missing any like main amp food groups? Fender, Marshall... Vox. Well, Um, yeah, and you know, just those are, yeah, those are the main food groups of amplifiers, of course, and there's been so many other companies that have kind of spurred off of what those companies do, right? Mm -hmm. But, you know, Perry, it's interesting because we're both, we're all bringing this up, solid state versus tube, of course, that's the great debate. I mean, it doesn't take long to look on Facebook and see people debating about this, but IR modelers, which is what the Strymon Iridium is, where you're modeling not only an amplifier, but the sound of the microphone in front of the speaker, Mm-hmm. That's why there's a room knob on this device, right? To me, I think that we're going to see more and more and more and more of that. And tube amps are awesome, and they have a feel, and it's a whole different instrument for me because I get a reaction from that. Um, but I think that more and more people are going to move towards the IR modeling. I mean, the new Fender Tone Master stuff is pretty incredible. I've been playing through a Tone Master Deluxe every week right now, and I honestly can't tell much a difference from that from a real deluxe reverb. It really feels like one. For recording, me. for recording, I could see that happening. But you think for live performing, when you want to feel your amp, you'd rather go through a model. Let's do a, a test. Let's do a test. Mm-hmm. John, grab your Telecaster. We're mm-hmm. each going to play an E major chord with our guitar, <laughs> and um, <clears throat> let's actually even make it more fun. Uh, we're not going to say who's playing a tube amp who's let's just each play an e major chord one after the other and see if you can hear a difference okay hold on i got to right, here's so. I gotta uh, here. otherwise you'll be obvious to know mine's the one out of tune <laughs> <laughs> yeah. all right i guess i'll go first here so here is me playing a telecaster tube amp or not <laughs> I like these games. Let's call it the high action blindfold challenge. Yeah, there we'll we go. Have a blindfold challenge every episode. There we go. <clears throat> Let us know in the Instagram Why? comments. Perry, good point. If you're live, man, if you're playing live, I need to feel an amplifier like right here behind me to my left side. Yeah. 
pumping in my like left ear. I, I, I I need to feel that, of course. Mm -hmm. However, I mean, New West has certainly tried amplest stages where where we just use di boxes and have the sound coming at us from the front Mm -hmm. it never did it ever really sound right but no and not for a solid body not for louder volumes like but i don't know that's why i'm curious to ask like would you be happier with the strymon iridium going through a pa system for your sound or happier with like a vox tube amp you know, I think that's a, maybe an interesting conversation. It just depends. I, I think the quieter you play, honestly, I, I, I've i done a lot of touring this year post-pandemic with my Iridium, and I have per- actually preferred that over the house amp that's there, and I've mm-hmm. A-beat it, and I've put the wedge behind me, yeah. and it does feel like a guitar amp to me, especially when you can vary this room knob on the Iridium and when you can kind of mess with some of the IR settings. I downloaded some stuff onto it that has various room sizes, and when I put it through a wedge behind me, it, it, especially when I'm playing quieter, you know, it feels mm-hmm. great. But if I was cranking, I'd probably have to tweak it a bit. Are you using um, your Tele or your L5 or something acoustically? Uh, let's see. Everything, man. I've toured with my 335, my Tele, my L5. And that one gig in particular that I do it on um, has a lot of like Roy Orbison-ish kind of guitar tones mm-hmm. to it and some straight-ahead jazz tones and then some stuff that I'm using my Tube Screamer on my pedal board and yeah i i like it. it 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 certainly makes my relationship with the sound guy easier and uh he seems to be happier too so i've i've been moving more towards that when i'm touring because i don't know about you guys but i've pulled my hair out so many times over house amplifiers and backline amplifiers that just don't make my guitar sound full and sound right. great so right. yeah well i think we should play out our listeners with a little round table of uh e blues okay we'll see how we just do. for fun let's just take two choruses each um i'll start i'm gonna i'm gonna two choruses I'm, all right yeah two choruses just have fun i mean it's in e that's the that's the key that what fret do i do the pentatonic from. scale on for that <laughs> 12 12 okay sure it's not 13th <laughs> well if you're Want to go full Mike Stern? You could slide it up. All right, I'm going to start here. Show me that way.
So all of our listener, your assignment this week is just go plug an electric guitar into a tube amplifier and have some fun. It's like we're all in high school again, just like jamming on an E blues. It's kind yeah. of that's the that's the glory of electric guitar. It's just fun. It is fun. Yeah, man. What do we got on store for next week? Anybody know? Who is leading next Are we week? Would it? that be is that you, Perry? <laughs> I think it's me. We're talking about the acoustic guitar. So that'll be a nice shift. And so, yeah, thank you for all the listeners, everyone that's been tuning in each week. It's really great to see the podcast growing. And if you want that unedited video format, uh, sign up on our Patreon. You can see all the craziness that's going on behind the scenes. Uh, yep. Anything else to add, guys? I think that's it. Let's get, Thanks let, for let's, all the support. Let's get out of here. What do you say? Have a solid day, a solid body day. Solid body day. Wow. <laughs>